Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. What's going on, everyone? Hopefully you haven't um, been swept away with all the rain. Hopefully you haven't melted with all this crazy hot weather. That means heat wave. Heat wave. Heat wave all over the damn country. I'm telling you. And here in sunny Boston, Massachusetts, we're expected to top over 100 degrees in the next coming days. I mean, it could be 103, 105 degrees outside. So please, everybody, stay hydrated. Bring your sweat rag with you. Make sure you mop your brow. I'll be walking around looking all crazy out there. Um, But yeah, please stay hydrated as much as you can. On this week's episode, I got two powerhouse discussions happening. Uh, You know, our friend... Lavelle Porter, you know, the, the well-respected Lavelle Porter from WrestleZone.com and BlackRabbit.com. He's going to join us to talk about the latest that's going on in pro wrestling. But before we get to any of that, I got a guy by the name of Sticks, And we've had Sticks on the program before. You know, he's a guy who has cerebral palsy, but he hasn't allowed that condition to stop him from doing all the great things that he's doing in life. So, you know, I want to talk to Sticks because he was recently at the AEW pay-per-view Fight for the Fallen, and he had an interesting experience, and he needs to talk about some serious things. So let's let's just go straight to Sticks right now, and then afterwards I'll share some further thoughts on that. Well, Go Wrestle is a Daytona-based promotion. We run wrestling shows each and every Friday night, uh, you can check it out, all of it out at GoWrestle.com. We have a streaming service uh, available to everyone all over the world. You can watch on any device. Uh, it's a 10-day free trial. It's 5.99 after that, and it's up to this point, it's 115 shows of wrestling content. And now we have uh, a foreign influence as well. We have a French connection with a wrestling promotion in France that we also promote their content as well. So you can see an international flair along with all of the great Go Wrestle content right there at GoWrestle.com. It's pretty cool because, um, you know, you, you're affiliated with and you do commentary with Go Wrestle. A little birdie told me that you actually are, are starting to take some bumps and things like that as well. Are, are you thinking about actually getting involved in the action sticks? Oh, man. I mean, I've always been interested in, in, in playing on the field, man. I'm not a sideline kind of guy. So I, when I was approached uh, with the opportunity to start actually training, I was I, I jumped at it, you know. And and, and uh, I was basically told, hey, man, you have this here. Why not take advantage of it? So, yeah, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays I spend my time. Uh, down to Go Wrestle Dojo, learning the business the hard way, and uh, and I love it, absolutely love it. So we'll see we'll see where it goes from there. But 
I'm I'm very very excited about every possibility that's in front of me. You're a guy who is a, a huge wrestling fan, just like me. You, know, you love your wrestling. You love it so much that you found a promotion to actually get involved with, which is cool. But in addition, I mean, you go to a lot of live events down there in Florida where you are. Tons of NXT events, and you try to check on the other indies and what have you that are in the area. You've been to AEW's event, and in fact, you were at the pay-per-view for this past weekend. Yeah, uh, this past weekend was actually Fight for the Fallen Fighter Fest was a couple weeks before, but yeah, um, Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville. Uh, was the last, was the last show when I actually went with, uh, with a couple of friends and it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. I'll just put it that way. Well, let's start from the beginning here, uh, Sticks. So, first and foremost, let, let's, let's refresh everyone's memory. You actually have cerebral palsy, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A mild case of cerebral palsy. It uh, forces me to walk with canes. It affects my balance and coordination, uh, fine motor skills, uh, things like that. And when I do things like go to wrestling shows or anything that requires an immense amount of walking, I use a wheelchair. Uh, I keep one in my trunk at all times because you never know when you may need an extra set of wheels or an extra set of legs in my case. Sure. And, and when when you go to wrestling shows, just from a general standpoint, are, are, are there a do you see a lot of other folks in wheelchairs and, and what have you? Is, is that a, 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 a significant amount of the audience that it's noticeable? Oh, I feel like it is. Uh, I know that the rest of the world feels like we're a minority, but, I mean, disabled folks love wrestling, especially in Florida. Good call, good call. So so you were at the AEW pay-per-view there, uh, Fight for the Fallen. And you had tickets, so it wasn't like, you know, somebody just gave you some. You had tickets, so you spent your money there just like everybody else. You wanted to see a good show. And unfortunately, there were some challenges that you experienced. So why don't you share share with everyone what happened there? Okay, so the Fight for the Fallen event was held at the uh, Daly's Place Amphitheater, which is an amphitheater that's actually attached to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, which is owned by Khan family. Coincidentally, they own AEW. But uh, the amphitheater is designed in such a way where there are uh, a lot of stairs, and there's two ramp access points for people like myself. Now, um, the tickets that I bought were general admission tickets, which happens a lot uh, in, in my case. And, and a lot of times what you do when you purchase a general admission ticket is you say, when you get to the venue, you say, hey, I need an accessible seat, and they adjust your seating accordingly. They adjust your seating accordingly. So what happens usually is I'll find an attendant and say, hey, I need accessible seating. They say, hey, wait right here. You know, we'll get you switched out. So initially what happened was, uh, I went with a couple of friends. They had different seats than I did. So I got to the main uh, concourse level where uh, you enter the amphitheater, and I found an attendant, and I said, hey, I'm on normal seat, but obviously I need uh, accessible seating. Now, I'm, I'm in my wheelchair at this point. 
I get to a point where the attendant says, okay, sit here uh, for now, which was an actual accessible seat, and we'll adjust your seating. And, you know, uh, if somebody comes, you're going to have to move, which is exactly what happened. Uh, I was sitting there for about two, three minutes, and I get a tap on the shoulder, and they say, okay, these people actually have these particular seats, but we'll move you to somewhere else, which no big deal. But what they did was they had me sit against the wall. Uh, I felt like I was in timeout in the corner, but they had me sit against the wall for 15 minutes or so until the attendant supervisor came with a new ticket for me. Uh, and then they moved me to the other side of the amphitheater with uh, also accessible seating. And the way the accessible seating is at the amphitheater, you have your floor seats, and then you have your first sort of incline to the upper level, um, which isn't really that high off the ground. Um, and that's where the accessible seating was. It's kind of like a, a row straight across the amphitheater, and it's just just all accessible seating. Um, but it was designed as such that when everyone stood that was on the floor level, you couldn't see anything. If you were sitting down, you couldn't see anything. And it was frustrating, to say the least. So so you were in a position where you were put in the quote-unquote accessible seating section, yet you were not actually able to see the action. Oh, absolutely. I'd say... I missed a good 60, 70% of the show um, because, I mean, you know how wrestling fans are. You get excited. Somebody's about to come out. Somebody's about to make an entrance. Whatever. There's a high spot. They stand up, right? Well, <laughs> for me, that's not so good, especially in this situation because all I saw was the back of people's T-shirts or their asses in some case. Sometimes good. Sometimes not so good. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that's that's is did did you bring this to the attention of uh you know the the folks who were working the venue that evening? Did, did I mean the ticket attendants really couldn't do much because we're, I mean where else are they going to put us? You know, what I mean where else are they going to put people like me who who can't see? There was no other there was no other option, right? Just literally stuck between a rock and a hard place. There was nowhere else for me to sit where I could have seen, you know, anything. Because even the second level, the higher seats, the cheap seats, as it were, which is there's nothing wrong with my cheap seats. I've, I've sat in the nosebleeds plenty of times. But it wasn't accessible. That There was no other way for me to get where I, where I could see. Wow. So... You know, I mean, the, and the, the poor ticket attendant, what are they going to do? If they're, they're making whatever they're making to work a show. They don't, they don't care. It's not something they even think about, I, I doubt. Who do you, who do you think is, is responsible not only, uh, for the issue, but, you know, to, who's responsible for solving the issue? Well, I think it's twofold. I think you, you have, a, a poorly designed venue for people like me, people with a disability, people who have to watch a show differently 
than somebody who can just walk up and take a seat. And, and I think it's the promotion that rents the venue. In this case, they're one and the same, right? Because the cons own the Jaguars, they own the building, and they own AEW. So it's a poorly designed venue, and it's not something that – and I I understand that we are a fraction of a fraction of people that buy tickets, right? But we buy tickets, and we our money spends just like yours. So if I'm going to go to a show at, a, at an amphitheater design like that and have an experience like I did, why should I buy another ticket if that's how I'm going to be treated? If I'm going to be shoved in the back and, and, and put in a situation where my experience is such that I can't enjoy the show, I really want to. And I'm, I'm tell, you know me, man. I'm a positive guy. I try to be on the bright side of everything. I tried my very best to be as positive as I could be. But by the third or fourth match, I was absolutely, I was just dejected is the best way to put it. Why Why did I even come? Why didn't I just stay home and watch it for free on my TV, on my laptop, with the best view possible? Wow. Wow. Now, again, you, you go to wrestling shows. This isn't a, a new thing for you. This is something that you do. You enjoy the, the live event experience. For the most part, how would you compare the experience at uh, you know, Fight for the Fallen, that show, compared to other shows in the area that you frequent? Honestly, 100%, this is not me knocking AEW. This is not me knocking the product. This is the worst experience I've ever had as a wrestling fan. So, you said something interesting. Uh, uh, the venue itself is on the same property as where the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, football team is, where they play football? Yes, they're literally attached. It's one of the same. You could walk across the concourse and literally see the field. Uh, and So, the same people who own the facility that... that you had this terrible experience in are the people who actually own AEW as a wrestling promotion. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so we, we know the problem. You, you, the, the accessibility seating area is really not suitable. And in fact, it, it is a problem because it's hard to see, especially if somebody's standing up, when somebody's sitting in those accessibility seats. I, I don't understand why you would put seating like that in a place where somebody could stand in front of. I don't, I don't really, you know. I've, oh, like I said, it's just not something that's thought about. It's not, it, we, we are a section of society that is not actually thought about. I mean, sure, you know, you have to build a ramp and you have to have so many handicapped parking spaces, you know, according to the ADA, which is, for those of you that don't know, the Americans with Disabilities Act requires venues, businesses, what have you, to have a certain number of handicapped parking spaces and a certain level of accessibility for their patrons. But the experience of said patrons is never considered. This is where we're going to put you. This is where you're going to sit. This is your designated area. 
sit here and be happy. That's how we're looked at. Yeah, and, I, and it's just it's a damn shame, quite frankly. Um, and again, this isn't this isn't a personal experience just for sticks. Uh, you're saying that there are other people who are in wheelchairs as well who are having difficulty seeing as well, right? Oh well, okay. So the accessible area went from one side of the amphitheater across the other. I mean, I could see the entire section from where I was sitting just by line of sight, right? And it was full. It was full. So to say that people with disabilities don't buy wrestling tickets is ridiculous because it was full. So I know for a fact, in fact, the guy sitting next to me, a friend of mine who I used to compete with in the bodybuilding shows, had the same issue. Like by the third or fourth match, the two of us collectively are screaming down in front, sit down, we can't see. And people are just turning around looking at us, oblivious, completely oblivious to the fact that we're in wheelchairs. So I know that there were people who had an equally bad time or a worse time than I did. So let me ask you this, Dixon. And I mean, you know, one thing I know about you is that you're a person that absolutely loves pro wrestling. Oh, I do. I'm a sponge. <laughs> and, and on top of that, you're also a person who absolutely is a problem solver. You don't you don't just want to say, "Hey, there's something wrong there." You're you're a person that may have some some personal opinions and, and thoughts on how to improve upon things. What comes next? What, what, what is your suggestion on, on how things can improve? Well, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I, I have an idea. I have a couple ideas. But the best way for AEW, other wrestling companies and the like, uh, to, to make improvements is to sit down and we can discuss the issue. I mean, if you don't have anyone to consider this, we could talk about it. You know, I mean, I, like I said, I don't have all the answers, but I have some really cool ideas that might help. And if, if they're willing, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation. Well, and I think that's cool of you, the fact that you would even offer to do that, um, especially, you know, consider the bad taste in your mouth that you have from this experience. You know, you spent your money on the tickets, you open to have a good time, and unfortunately that just did not happen, not because there was a lack of wrestling action going on, but because you, literally the quote-unquote accessibility seating section was not accessible. <laughs> right, and it, it, it's it's like it's it's just it's it's out of sight, out of mind. If you don't live like that, you can't possibly understand what it is to have to think about stuff like that. And I'll tell you a cool story. I had a conversation with an old colleague of mine when I was working at a gym in Chicago. I said to him, "You realize that every time." I walk into a room, I have to think about how far am I from the door, is the floor wet, am I going to slip, how many people are in here, what's the quickest way for me to get where I need to go without tripping over stuff, is there stuff on the floor I need to worry about, 
normal people don't have to worry about that because their body reacts when you tell, you know, when you tell your legs to move, they move. When I tell my legs to move, there's an argument inside my brain. My legs, I don't feel like it. No, we have to move. We have stuff to do. So if you don't have that experience, if you don't face those struggles, how could you possibly understand how to fix the problem? I mean, that's that's well said. That's well said. Listen, if if, if wrestling companies, and, and, you know, specifically right now, AEW, if, if anyone from there wants to get in touch with you, you know, let's let's share some information. What's the best way that you'd like somebody to reach out to you to, you know, set up an opportunity to have this type of conversation where you may be able to provide some assistance to them on how to make the experience actually accessible <laughs> for for folks who need accessibility? Well, I think... Social media is how we, we do things these days, right? So here's all of my social media uh, information. Facebook is Ken Six S T I X Ray. Uh, Instagram, SixMan92, S-T-I-X-Man92. Same thing on Twitter, SixMan92. Reach out to me. If you want to have a conversation, if you're uh, a company looking to expand your understanding of accessibility, whether it be in wrestling or live events, period, reach out. We can have a conversation. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a genius. I don't have all the answers, but I have some damn good ideas, and maybe they can help. That's really all I'm looking to do. And I, I want to be clear. I'm not bashing AEW. I'm not, you know, here to here to pick a fight with anybody. But there's a problem, and it needs to be addressed. That's well said. That's well said, and, and you know, I hope that um, you know folks in AEW are paying attention here and, and do, in fact, reach out because this is not acceptable. And I'm going to just state my personal position on this: it's not acceptable. It's 2019, man. This isn't you know the 1960s here. Uh, there is absolutely no reason. Why, especially in a venue that the the ownership of the promotion owns themselves, there is no excuse for our folks who you know need accessibility services to not be accommodated. It's just ridiculous. So I really hope somebody reaches out and and you know works with you on this issue because it's it's a problem. And like you said, if you if you don't if you personally don't have to face this problem, it's easy to ignore and overlook and what have you. I personally I haven't been to too many venues where I personally have noticed the accessibility seating uh, being set up like that. Most of the venues I've been to personally, and I'm talking not just pro wrestling, but concerts and, and sporting events and what have you, the accessibility seating is set up in such a way that nobody can stand in front of you. So... The idea that, you know, folks will be placed in a position where that can happen is just beyond my understanding. You know, it's usually like a stadium-style seating where, you know, you, the, the folks in the accessibility seats are raised up and there's nothing in front of them other than the view of whatever it is that they showed up to see. Absolutely, so, and, and and that's been my life. That's been my life. I mean, you go, you buy a ticket, whether it be – even when I was in radio and I was working events, I mean – and I saw somebody in a wheelchair, I always made a point 
to say to them, can you see? Can you see? It's a simple, it's so simple. You know, I mean, I, it's like 2 plus 2 equals 4. Can you see? And it seems like such an easy thing. But like I said, out of sight, out of mind. They don't think about it. We're such a minute fraction of their profit margins, they don't care. Uh, uh, Sticks, are there any other uh, organizations or anything else you want to plug uh, before we wrap this thing up here? Well, I mean, I've been, I guess for lack of a better term, advocating for people with disabilities for a long time. I used to do a lot of work with the ABLE Trust, which is uh, an organization that helps people with disabilities find jobs and and live independently and, you know, uh, things of that nature. So if you are a person with a disability, particularly in the state of Florida, look up the ABLE Trust and they can help you with all kinds of things. They're located in Tallahassee. Uh, They're very in tune with state government. Uh, If you need housing, if you need employment, if you need anything, they can point you in the right direction. If you don't even know where to start, they can point in the right direction. And there's an able trust-like organization in every state in the country. So if you're a person with a disability and you don't know what to do or where to go or how to advocate for yourself, I promise you, if you go on your phone, type in disability advocacy, there's a group in your state that can help you get where you need to go. Sticks, let me tell you something, man. I, I really appreciate you. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to come on the air and, and, and talk about this and bring awareness to a really serious issue. And hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing because I'm telling you, you are an inspiration, and I'm proud of you. Thank you, thank you very much, man. Hey, we got to get on this bad boy, this box of bad boy situation. This is the second time we've had a conversation, and this man is nowhere to be found. What is his deal? Is he ducking me? He doesn't like me. I don't know what the deal is. Hey, man, thank you so much for the time. I love you, brother. You're a good friend. You're a good man. Everybody, check out GoWrestle.com. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow, that, that definitely was a, an eye-opening conversation. And you know, Shout out to Sticks and the team over at Go Wrestle. It's an indie promotion out of uh, Florida, Daytona, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Sticks this commentary for them. He's gonna be doing some other things, of course. But you know, this guy is a is a is a wrestling fan first and foremost, and he, he loves going to live events. And unfortunately, AEW's fight for the fallen, they came up very short as it relates to providing proper accessibility seating to the handicap. In his case, himself and other folks who were in wheelchairs. So, you know, I, I hope the folks over at AEW, I hope they reach out to Sticks and, and everyone can put their heads together and figure out some solutions to these pretty serious problems here. I mean, you know, not for nothing. And, and, and I was talking to Sticks before we actually started recording our conversation, and he said something that was really interesting. 
he talked about the fact that the disabled community, you know, they spend money too. And, you know, when they spend money, just like any other consumer, they have an expectation of particular quality of service. And when experiences are as bad as the ones that Sticks and others experienced at Fight for the Fallen, I mean, you're potentially driving those customers away for good. Got to fix that, man. Got to fix that. So, AEW, I, I hope, again, you know, someone from your team reaches out to Sticks and, and let's, you know, hope you folks can put your heads together because this is just unacceptable. Period. Unacceptable. Moving on down the road here, you know, I promised you that uh, we would have our man, the well-respected Lavelle Porter, on the show. And you know something? Without further ado, let's just bring him on. So here we go. My conversation with Lavelle Porter. So like I said, folks, it's just been a, a crazy time period in pro wrestling. And, you know, everyone wants to talk about this and the ratings and the war and all these other crazy things. And I figured, you know something? Let me get somebody who is a clear thinker, who generally knows what, the, what he's talking about, and who can provide some perspective that really can make you take a step back and say, oh, you know, maybe I didn't look at it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. The man, the most respected we're talking about Lavelle Porter of WrestleZone.com and BlackRabbit.com. What's going on, Porter? Nothing much. When's the last time I was on your show? It's been a while. Has it? It's been I feel like we should commemorate this in some way. Guess who's back? Oh, back again. Okay, don't quit your day job. You're not a rapper. You're not a singer. Just, you know. Hey, Duke, Duke, Duke. Lavelle's back. <laughs> okay, I'm done. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or we can call you with, 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 you know, some of your former and current co-workers were calling you Lovell because they oh, don't know how it. to say your name. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's certain individuals that, that, that aren't missed. I, I, is it really that hard? Is it really that hard? Like, back when, you know, uh, I don't know if, we, if we've ever dived into how the, how the two of us know each other, but back when we were kids in, in elementary school, do you ever remember, like, a teacher mispronouncing my name that way? It is never, that was literally, and I, I kid you not, the first time in life I ever heard anyone mispronounce your name, okay. and was uh, and was dead serious about it too. It's, like, Wait, it's not hard. You, mean, you, you mean say Lovell, how it's right? spelled. <laughs> it was bad. You mean Lovell, right? Uh, oh my God, have I been calling the wrong name this whole time? <laughs> I, I, just, I think I the first time I did it. a, the, I think the first time I did a spot on the uh, the Russell Zone. I think it was the. Uh, was it Raw Rebellion was the name of the, the podcast? Um, uh, he actually brought that up, and he apologized to me on air. He was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, I was I was on um, Duke's talk. I, I talked to Duke, and he told me I was telling your name the wrong, wrong, incorrectly this entire time. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's I remember fine. that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duke, but you, you, you got me out of my uh, out of my hidey hole uh, to be on tonight. What, what you got for me? Well, first and foremost, tell everybody about um... – your WrestleZone. So who are you over at WrestleZone, and why do they need to check that out? 
So if you've ever gone to WrestleZone and, and you checked out the live coverage for, let's say, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, the person doing the play-by-play, that that's me. Uh, for the past, actually at this point, it's almost been four years, um, I've been covering um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and Impact Wrestling uh, for WrestleZone.com. Um, I've also spent some time um, interviewing um, some inter- in- interviewing some Impact Wrestling um, stars. Um, I had a great interview with uh, Santana from LA- LAX, Rosemary um, KM, who's you know ridiculously funny. It's it's hilarious uh, based on you know which how you see him on TV and how he was there in the interview. But that's the, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I spent a lot of my time um, covering um, your favorite wrestling shows for probably your favorite wrestling site. So. So, and, and which you know, everybody knows about WrestleZone. Been around for a long time. Excellent source for what's going on in wrestling news analysis. You name it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're a pretty important piece of the puzzle over there. Uh, I say so. Uh, the, the millions, of, a lot of the millions and millions of views that that site get um, it gets on a weekly basis uh, are based on my coverage. So, yay me. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And you got something <laughs> else going on there. Uh, this this new website. Black Rabbit. Tell everybody about Black Rabbit. So Black Rabbit is actually a, a creation of my own. I'm the, the CEO. The I'm the Tony Stark of this bitch, as I like to say. Are you going to edit that out? Because I, I like that line. You're not going to edit no, that out. No, I'm going to leave that in there so people can know what kind of guy you are. Great. It, I'm strangely okay with that. Essentially, it's a, a website geared towards the African-American experience, whether it comes to uh, professional wrestling, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, social media, uh, entertainment. Just uh, it's supposed to be a place where people like us can go to get a, our own personal perspective on entertainment. Or at least that's the premise. Well, I can tell you, you know, I, I've definitely encouraged people to, to check it out. Mm-hmm. You even some, you've done some work for us, right? Yeah, you, you feature some of my content on there, which is pretty cool. Oh. People enjoyed that, so it's a it's a great website for a mixed bag of, of entertainment and again things that make you think. So. Check out Black Rabbit. Spell that for everybody for us, Dipport. Uh, B-L-A-Q-E, excuse me, Q-U-E-R-A-B-B-T-I-T. Black Rabbit. To, are you okay today, Porter? I'm not, actually. My my wife just walked in hand. She's she's giving me alcohol, so I got, oh. <laughs> got slightly distracted. Uh, I, I, get, I put down this whole big speech about how uh, <laughs> how I needed her to, uh, when she came in the house, to be quiet <laughs> as oh. I was doing this interview. So she literally, it was like a, a scene from a, a Scooby-Doo cartoon. She tiptoed in here and handed me a bear. So I was a little thrown off. So the site is um, www.blaqueurabbit.com, which is exactly what I just said, but that's the handle there. Good stuff, good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, so did you crack your beer open, Porter? I already did. I'm drinking it right now. You can't hear it? <laughs> All right, there we go. And it's, a, a disgusting, to... it's a disgusting Corona without a line, but I'll take it because it, you know, it didn't cost me a thing. And, and shout out to uh, Mrs. Porter. I, you know, a little birdie told me that her birthday is actually uh, coming up. So shout out to Mrs. Porter there. Happy birthday. I will Early definitely birthday. tell her you said that. Good stuff, good stuff. So, so let, let's dive into this here because I'm curious. What you got for me? The last time you were on the show, mm-hmm. uh, WWE was enjoying being the the only game in town, so to speak, as far mm-hmm. as the top news in the wrestling world. And over the past few months, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, 
you know, headed up by Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Shad Khan's money financing mm-hmm. it and having his son Tony Khan be the president. Duval. This new wrestling promotion has hit the scene. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks are talking about, you know, WWE better be worried about this and there's a war and all these other, you know, things going on here. What's your take on AEW in general and, and how WWE has responded to this new promotion being on the scene now? Well, the first thing I would I feel compelled to say is the fact that anybody who says that there's a war between AEW and WWE, um, you, you might want to get drug tested. Disney isn't worried about the the mom and pop shop that that got opened up in you know in in Florida um, that that has a, a carousel. You get what I'm saying? Like AEW, it, for what it is, it, it's great. It, it's a, a good place. It's great that people have a place to go work. It's great that they have a. Um, is he a billionaire? I believe he's a billionaire, right? The cons a billionaire. Um, oh, he's, great... he's, he's not only a billionaire. He's he's richer than Vince McMahon. So he's oh wow. Like, yeah, one of the richest people in the world, if I'm not mistaken. So it's great that they have somebody backing them that can actually back them. Um, it isn't like you know you and I decided to uh, put to uh, create a our own wrestling organization. They have serious money behind them. It's it's all well and fine, but the WWE has what sixty seventy years of history behind it. it it's the WWE is Disney. Uh, you know that that really is the best way to describe. Um, their place as far as the, the wrestling industry is concerned. No matter what AEW does for the next 5 to 10, even maybe 15 years, they're not really going to be a legitimate competition. So I think that anybody who thinks that should put that out of their mind and just look at it for what it is. Again, it's great that the the wrestlers have you know another place to work. Uh, there's an options. Uh, it's going to be great to see them on TV. But AEW is never going to be legitimate competition for the WB. That's the first thing. Now, as far as what AEW is and what people think it will be, based on what I've seen, I have some concerns. Um, they they haven't started their TV show yet, which is fine. They've had has it been three three um, pay per view events at this point under the AEW banner? Yeah, they've had three uh, pay per view events so far. Okay, so you can take those events for what they were, but even if you look at this past event, um, Fight for the Fallen, if you weigh that weigh that up against what you saw at Extreme Rules, now I'm not sure. Um, I'm sorry, I, have, I didn't listen to your last episode, so I don't know if you've addressed this at all. But if you look at what Extreme Rules was and what Fight for the Fallen was, there was there's a vast valley of differences between the two. Extreme Rules was actually a really good show. Fight for the Fallen was okay. You see what I'm saying? Anybody who is interested in in artificially creating this um, this war between AEW and WWE, they need to stop. They're doing AEW a disservice. Any casual fan who happens to latch on AEW, if they hear um, the quote-unquote AEW faithful going on and on about how it's legitimate competition to WWE, and they go ahead and they watch a show that's nowhere near comparable to what a to what WWE is putting out. It's gonna it's gonna dissuade them from continuing to watch AEW, exploring other wrestling. It's 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 a, a vicious circle. Everybody needs to just calm the hell down, let AEW develop to what it is, and and then we can all just sit back and enjoy it. The, the more pro wrestling we have, at the end of the day, the better. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree one hundred percent. It doesn't need to be a competition. It's funny because I I always 
describe AEW as, as what it is. It's a startup. Mm-hmm. It's it's a brand new company that's going to need some time to make its mistakes and to learn from them and, and hopefully improve mm-hmm. uh, as a result of that. And it, it's funny because you know a lot of these AEW fans they take that as an insult. Like, what do you? Oh, how dare you call them out and say they were a startup? Well, that's what they are. Like, <laughs> they're not an established, well built. A legacy brand like the WWE is, they're, they're mm. the new kid on the block who doesn't even know if they're going to be around in a couple of years. And they're not even WCW if you think about it, no. because when when WCW made its its dent and you know the eighty three weeks happened before Ted Turner took over, WCW had history. Like they they had things that they could draw upon, and regardless of whether or not they were actually legitimate challengers for the WWF at that at that point, they had their fans. You know what I'm saying? And it's generational, especially down south, as far as pro wrestling is concerned. It's not the same thing. They had built-in fans when they started to, to heat up. AEW doesn't have that. They, they, not only do they not have that, they're not going to have that anytime soon. That takes time. Right. And, exactly. You know, they're, they're just, what, a few months alive if you want to you know, be frank about it. So they, and, mm-hmm. and Again, they haven't launched a TV show, so let's give this thing some time to develop. It's not a knock. That's just the truth. Let me ask you a question, though, Porter, sure. because I posted a, a, a question mm-hmm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you know, even at this moment, I mean, there's over eleven thousand impressions, people mm-hmm. chiming in and giving their you know opinion, mostly negative, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I asked the question, um, why Sonny Kiss isn't in the AEW title picture? You know, I, I can think of at least six people. Mm-hmm. who have been positioned in a manner mm-hmm. that promotes them as being folks vying to be AEW champion. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Kiss is not one of them. And, and, in fact, no person of color is one of them. It's all you know, just six white guys, which is the same old, same old. I've also mm-hmm. asked a question about... You don't count Brandy? <laughs> uh, well, I don't think she's vying for the world championship, but what do I know? I, but I... <laughs> But I, I also asked the question about how they're presenting women's wrestling mm-hmm. and why someone like Nyla Rose has lost matches and, and essentially been presented as being weak, mm-hmm. not someone who's a, who's a serious competitor or a threat to anything, just somebody who looks impressive but loses. People lost their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... It takes time. Diversity takes time. And why don't you give them time? And how dare you? This one doesn't look like a champion. And that one. Porter, what's your take on the response to asking where AEW's commitment to women's wrestling and their commitment to diversity is? Because these are things that they marketed themselves as, as what they're going to provide, and that's going to mm-hmm. be the alternative. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's very strange to me that um, a group in a group of individuals who uh, claim that uh, you know diversity and inclusion is their number one priority would relegate um, a talent like Sunny Kiss to the pre-show. Has Sunny Kiss even been on the main show at this point? You know, I don't that's think a very so. Good question. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Nyla Rose has, but I think in every match Nyla Rose has been in, um, she's eaten the pin. Um, they did a better job with Nyla Rose this past show. Um, I think it was this past show. Uh, maybe. Uh, they're so close together, so it's hard to keep them together. But 
they did a good job of making uh, Nyla Rose look like a monster when she was in the ring with the two uh, Joshi women. I, I don't remember their names. But she looked like a monster that entire match. So going into it, she had the special entrance. She had the the, the new entrance gear. It looked like it was going to be Nyla Rose, uh, excuse the phrase, coming out party. But she she has the, the, the monster spots in the match, but she also eats the pin. It's one thing to lose. It's, it's another thing to, to eat the pin. What that says to me is that, and, you know, I, I have, I have, I can't sit here and say that I know this for a fact. I'm going based off of what, you know, my personal feelings. It's almost as if the diversity play was used to draw people in when AEW was just an idea. But when, in actuality, the individuals who were running AEW, when it came down to actually promoting that diversity within, you know, the, the storylines and the matches, they decided, mm, let's just go with a more normal way of presenting professional wrestling. There's been no mention of Nyla Rose's specific situation, which is a hell of a story, and it's something that, you know, quite frankly, you should capitalize on if you're uh, attempting to promote a company. I don't know why you wouldn't have this this very, very deep and interesting story and, and, and not tell it. Like, we know the name Nyla Rose. We know that she's supposedly a monster, but we don't know anything else about her. Like, uh, as far as Sunny Kiss is concerned, based on everything I've seen, Sunny Kiss is a great worker and, and should be promoted. They just strapped, as um, Edge and Christian would say on their podcast, uh, they should strap the rocket to um, Sunny's back and, you know, shoot him straight to the top. They, they, Sunny checks off so many uh, dem- demographical boxes, it's ridiculous. Other than just being a great worker, there's Sunny Kiss's story as well. But the simple fact that, you know, um, what did we see? It was even that, that freaking four-way match that they had with MJF and um, Sean Spears and um, Darby Allen. Why couldn't Sunny be in that? Granted, they gave Sonny this, this great entrance on the pre-show that nobody really saw with uh, the Jaguars cheerleaders. It was great production if you actually sat down and saw it. But, again, who saw it? And at the end of the day, what does it matter? It, was, it happened on the pre-show. Pre-shows don't matter. So at the end of the day, do they really care about, care about diversity, or was it just a ploy to get people interested in, in AEW when they were first talking about starting it? And really, I mean, you answered the question I was just about to ask you. Where is their commitment to this quote-unquote diversity that they claimed they were going to be delivering on? Based on what I see, there isn't any. They've, no. they've done nothing. They've, they've done nothing. Like, at this point, Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose would be better off in the WWE. I know for a fact they would exploit the hell out of their, their two personal situations. Absolutely. And let's, I mean, we don't have to, to dance around it. Let's talk about their personal situations. You, you have uh, Nyla Rose, who is transgendered. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's no secret. That's mm-hmm. Nala Rose is very open about that. Sonny Rose, is, uh, excuse me, Sonny Kiss is uh, a gay male mm-hmm. and doesn't hide that. Has a boyfriend and is out there mm-hmm. and, and all the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. Which you're talking about people in the LGBTQ community, which is huge. People of color. And I mean, Nala Rose is, is uh, Native American, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Kiss is black. <laughs> You have people who are out, belong to all these different communities, mm-hmm. and are proud of who they are. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you position them in a matter in a manner that lets the world know they actually mean something, like you do? And again, this is this is you got Adam, you got Adam Page, and you have MJF, and you have this one, and the Young Bucks, and that one, and now mm-hmm. you're you're presenting these other people 
as Don't say people say what they are. They, they're, they're, uh, what's the phrase? Cisgendered white males with long blonde yep. hair? Absolutely. All of them. All of them. Same. Yeah. So you can, you can present them as being important, yet you can't do that with Nyla Rose and Sonny Kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Nala Rose was in a match with two Joshi women that nobody, almost none of the American American audience knows who they are. Like, I know who they are, you know, because I I cover wrestling. But what I'm saying is, why why can't Nala Rose win that match? And why couldn't you build that match in a manner that lets you know that Nala Rose even being in the match with those two mattered? Mm -hmm. Which is something they did not do either. So it just—it it really makes me scratch my head. And, and, and furthermore, it's the, the fan base that they've cultivated, um, the people who are sticking up for this stuff. Instead of asking, "Hey, <laughs> what's going on here, guys? Are we—are you going to change that? And if you're going to change that, when?" These are the same people that got upset when the McMahon's um, stood in a ring, however many months ago it was, saying that. You know, we're gonna make. It's gonna be all about you. You're gonna you're gonna make the decisions. You're gonna run the show. No more authority. Blah blah blah. The same people jumping up and down talking about how that was bullshit. The same people who are feeding this is AEW shit. It's well, crazy. Here, here's the scary part about it. Since the WWE has made that announcement, and since AEW has come along, the alternative to what we've known as the pro wrestling business has actually been delivered by WWE <laughs> instead of AEW. How do you mean? That just makes me, it blows my mind. Oh, look at look at some of the champions right now. Oh, that's right. Look at the fact that, that Kofi Kingston is the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. New Day are the, are they the Raw or the SmackDown champions? SmackDown. Right? SmackDown champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is the Intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you start going down the list here, and it's like, oh, Okay, I, I'm I'm seeing something here. This is, mm-hmm. you know, you have a guy like Lashley who, at any point, can be put into the world title picture and mm-hmm. compete. He's calling out Brock Lesnar right now. It looks like that we're going to be going in that direction. Uh, excuse me, the Universal title picture. Right. So it's like you you're getting your diversity. You're getting women in the main event. Mm-hmm. Women in the in one of the last three matches of the night. And it's not just happening here and there. It's happening consistently, not only on the TV shows, but also in, on the pay-per-views, which is where, you know, where the real money is being made, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. So WWE has turned itself into an alternative of what they traditionally present. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, AEW is looking a lot more like what WWE used to be. It's scary. That's that's a pretty um, prophetic point. You should um, tweet that so I can sit back and grab my um, put my Jack- Michael Jackson red jacket on and a box of popcorn and <laughs> read the comments. Because <laughs> you know people are gonna lose their mind over it. Right? Oh, of course. But what, what do you attribute to that, by the way? Is is this just the the, the latest example of the racist and the homophobe um, taking offense? taking more offense that you call them out as opposed to their racism and their homophobia? Uh, I think that may be a little bit ex- extreme in this case. I, I don't know that it, it runs that deep as far as the, the AEW situa- situation is concerned. I, I think it's just um, uh, <laughs> uh, just a, a flat-out de- dereliction of duty. I just think they don't know any better. They position themselves as an uh, alternative when they just turned around and did exactly what this – you know, the, the same old tried and true professional wrestling, WWE, um, mode standard would be. 
It's like, uh, yeah, we're going to be different. Well, actually, we don't know how to be different. So let's just do what we think works. That sort of a thing. Well, and, and, and you know, let me let me back up for a second just point mm-hmm. out. I'm, I'm literally talking about the quote-unquote fans mm-hmm. responding to my questions about the product, not not the company itself in that regard. Although I will say, I don't see how AEW was ever going to be able to offer an alternative when the people who are working backstage for them, for the most part, are former WWE people. So I mean, you know. where's your alternative when you're not even bringing in any new ideas to the, to the table? Well, to be fair, we can't say that they're not bringing any any new ideas from that standpoint because just because you worked in WWE and you, you you know you moved within their system doesn't mean you agreed with the way that it was going. So it could be a situation where they're they're in a new situation and they feel like they can spread their wings and really dive into how they think wrestling should be. So that, I don't know that we can necessarily say that. Well, um, as far as how how could you not know we could say that when we have a product <laughs> that's been presented, Porter? They've they've showed us what they are. It's not like we, again, this whole concept of give it time and let's wait. Mm -hmm. No. You actually put on four events, three of them under this AEW banner, Mm -hmm. and you have a web show, multiple web shows, by the way, which show what you're focusing on leading up to the event. You have a website. Everybody has social media. And all of those things, you can tell, are working in tandem based on what they're emphasizing because they're usually emphasizing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Same days around the same time, so mm-hmm. there's a very clear cohesion uh, going on here. Mm-hmm. At this but, point, what are we talking about? You know I don't know I mean? though because we don't know who's making we don't know who are making these decisions. That's the reason why I feel like I'm hard pressed to say that the folks that used to work in WWE are the people who were driving this this pseudo WWE style uh, format for their shows. That's the reason why I hesitate to do that because I don't know. Um, you never know. Uh, Dean Malenko's there, right? Dean Malenko is there. Arn Dean... Anderson is there unofficially because he, I, I, his non-compete is not up yet. So, oh, I didn't know that. I'm sure, sure the, the uh, questions are being asked of him off the record, but we mm. know Jim Ross is there. Cody right. Rhodes is there. Brandon we know, there. But, I mean, you mentioned Jim Any Ross. We know for a fact he doesn't agree with the way that WWE does things. So, I mean, if he has uh, a loud enough voice in the back, he, he may be trying to push to do things differently. But, again... The at the end of the day, the the decision makers, the Cody's, the the Young Bucks, and I think Paige has like a VP position as well. Um, those people may feel differently, so that's the reason why I, I I don't feel comfortable sitting here saying for sure that those are the individuals that are you know causing the product to be what it is. But as far as the the fans are concerned, it's tough, man. I, and I don't want to draw the the parallels to politics, but I kind of feel like I have to. They're the they, they, the AEW fans remind me of the like the, the super liberal types. It's like they're so radicalized that you know they'll rage against one thing, but if the the same thing happens in a different way to someone that they actually care about, it, it twists and it's not as bad. And they they try to try to come up with a reason for why it's okay. It's almost like what is it like the the battered husband or wife syndrome? Sure. Sure. It's 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 the same thing. It's like they want to be right so bad. Actually, this is a different point, but uh, another way to look at it is they want to be they want to be they want to be right about AEW being better than WWE. So anything that you say on Twitter or Facebook or otherwise to counter that, you automatically become the enemy. So it doesn't matter how valid the point that you point out is. The fact that it's 
counter to what they want to be true, it, it's never going to chart with them, and they're always going to find a way to argue with you. Um, it's just it's, it's a personality thing. You know what I'm saying? They want something to be true so goddamn bad that they'll do anything to make it true. And that's legitimately to the detriment of the long-term success of AEW. At least yeah, like I said earlier, stuff like that would drive off the new fans. Like if I was if I, did, I wasn't so entrenched in pro wrestling, pro wrestling as I am right now, like seeing some of the interactions between you know the AEW faithful and the WWE faithful, it's it's very off putting. Like I don't want to be part of that. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. That's what this all is supposed to be about. It's, you're supposed to be able to sit down, watch wrestling, you know, escape from whatever you have going on, and enjoy yourself. But if two people are spending so much time bickering back and forth, who wants to be part of that? Well said. Well said. What do you think about what's happening with the WWE in terms of ratings right now? Let's let's we, we talk so much about AEW. Let's let's talk mm-hmm. about WWE for a second, because you know, and and full disclosure, and everybody who listens to the show, you know, we've already beaten the horse to death around the fact that television ratings tell a very small story or a, small, a very small aspect of the larger story here. Mm-hmm. But this is what everybody knows because, you know, the Dave Meltzers of the world, they want you to focus on the ratings, the ratings, the ratings. And, you know, WWE's in trouble because their ratings are down. and it's down. They don't want to talk about all TV. WWE's ratings are down. Well, WWE's been number one in Raw and SmackDown, consistently in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, especially this past week, both shows kicked butt. They kicked butt the week before that, but both shows are doing the show after WrestleMania numbers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Is, is this something that is just another trend that's going to disappear soon enough, or do you think this is a sign of things to come? I'm not 100% sure this is going to be sustainable. Um, if you look at the you know, the, the recent rise in ratings, it coincides with the announcement that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff uh, were going to be um, actively in charge of uh, Raw and SmackDown, respectively. I think that a lot of it is, uh, you know, current fans and lapsed fans tuning in to see what's going to happen. Because with that announcement, everybody's waiting to see, uh, again, what's going to happen. Everybody thinks, you know, when Raw something crazy is going to happen, somebody's going to get put through barbed wire or something crazy like that. Or in on SmackDown with Eric Bischoff, everybody's wondering, waiting for, uh, you know, Roman Reigns to turn heel like Hogan did. That sort of a thing. It's, it's, I don't know that this bubble is going to um, – I know for a fact that this bubble is going to burst at some point. Um, because everybody's waiting for the WB to, you know, swing and hit a home run based on these two new hires. It's it's one of those things where it's it's literally, uh, as you said, the Raw after WrestleMania, people always tune in because they want to see what's going to happen. People are going to do that for the next few weeks because, again, they want to see what's going to happen. Now, I don't know that anything sweeping is going to happen that's going to make it worth it. And, you know, if something does happen, obviously that, that's a way that they can hold the fans and, you know, maybe even get some more of those laps fans because at the end of the day that's what it's about, getting the laps fans to come back. If they're able to do that, fine. But I don't know that they're going to be able to sustain, um, you know, what, what they've had over the past few weeks because, again, it's the, the everyone wants to, it's all about the unknown. Everybody wants to see what's going to happen. At some at a certain point, those laps fans that are tuning in and even the, you know, the constant fans who tune in this week and maybe not the next week, they're going to give up if, if something big doesn't happen. So, and you know, based on what you've seen thus far, 
has what's happened been big enough? Not at all. Uh, we had the big uh, money in the Bay Cash and, you know, at, at Extreme Rules, which is, is fine. I think it was the first Raw after the Paul Heyman announcement when he was officially in charge. That show was pretty good. That's the show that had uh, Braun Strowman and, and Lashley um, go through the, the LED board. Well, it started strong, but it ended sort of weak. But you could tell that the, the vibe on the show was a little bit different. Even the wrestlers in the ring during the matches, they seemed like they were trying a little bit harder. But that that hasn't carried on as far as the match quality um, with Raw. So, I don't know. I, I just I, I just I don't think it's sustainable. And, you know, based on what we've seen, it, it doesn't seem like there's any way there will be. Interesting points. Interesting points. Well, what do you what do you expect to see um, come October, Porter? When when AEW is on TV officially, mm-hmm. when WWE SmackDown Live has moved to Fox, Fox regular Fox, not Fox Sports One, not Fox mm-hmm. uh, News Channel, but regular Fox. It's on all TVs. Mm-hmm. What do you expect to see out of all that? I think that um, I don't know how we're going to get there. But I would be shocked if, um, you know, by the Fox debut, both Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey were on that that Fox show. I think that's going to happen. Um, if the WWE is smart, and I've heard some rumors about this actually happening, they'll take NXT, uh, make it live, and air it on FS1 um, at exactly the same time AEW is or the hour before or what have you. Make the show two hours or what have you and have it overlap with AEW. Uh, the WWE isn't necessarily, they're not concerned with AEW, but they'd be dumb not to be, um, you know, uh, interested in AEW, if you get my meaning. Paying attention to what they're doing, um, seeing how you can slightly put your thumb on their forehead just a little bit, uh, just to make sure that, you know, they they can get big, but not so big. They'll never really challenge us, that sort of a thing. Um, those are, those are the, t- the two key moves that I think will happen. Um, other than that, I, I don't... Based on listening to you know Eric Bischoff's um, the podcast and just seeing how he handled WCW, I don't 100% know how different he can possibly make SmackDown. I don't know that he has he'll have the based on the roster right now. I don't know that he would have uh, the talent roster that he would feel that he can you know really mold. Obviously, that can change between here and now, but it's really hard to say. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't see the WWE doing doing too much more than that. They'll try to bolster the SmackDown Live roster because at the end of the day, SmackDown's always kind of been the little brother to Raw. That's the reason why Roman Reigns is there now, and that's the reason why I'm predicting that Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey will end up there as well. I think one of the reasons why Ronda Rousey hasn't been around, other than just giving her time off and, and, and her handheld um, that she broke during WrestleMania, is to, you know... Uh, Make it so that the, the people who watch Raw, they'll remember that she was there, but when she shows up on SmackDown, it, it won't be a disconnect from the standpoint of, oh, I thought she was supposed to be on Raw, that sort of a thing. It's going to be a clean break between her and Raw, but that, that's just my theory. Well, as usual, expert analysis there by the well-respected Lavelle Porter. Porter, if, if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you or, or read what you have to say out there on social media, what's the best way they can reach you? I've been spending uh, a hell of a lot of time on Twitter as of late. Um, I, I don't know if my commute's log or what it is, but uh, Twitter's probably the best way. Uh, you can hit me on Twitter at AboveAverageLLP, um, at AboveAverageLLP. Um, and for you, you you know, you, you real wrestling heads, you'll get the reference. I'm, I'm sure Duke doesn't because, you know, he's not really one of us, but that's the end of there. But uh, that, that's really the best way to get in contact with me. 
you know, it's unfortunate, Porter, that you come on the show and you're having <laughs> such a nice, uh, harmonious discussion. You know, we didn't, we didn't have too many disagreements there, just a couple of hiccups. Uh, and then you have to ruin everything with, with the last nonsense. Hey, As hey, if I don't saying. know who above average Mike Sanders is. Ah, oh, here you go. Okay. All right. I take that back. Apparently, Duke must, he must be one of us. Sort of, kind of, but not really. <laughs> His name is Lavelle Porter. Porter, we'll be checking back in with you, especially as the quote-unquote wrestling war officially uh, begins. (laughs) Slap fight. It's more of a slap fight. As always, good stuff from the well-respected Lavelle Porter of WrestleZone.com and BlackRabbit.com. You know, we don't always agree on a lot of things, but hey, I, I respect the fact that the man takes time to really think about what he's saying. He does his research. He does a great job with the writing that he does. He recaps the shows. Just talented dude. Good dude. It's funny because we we talked about that tweet that I had about Sonny Kiss. And asking the question, why isn't Sonny Kiss in the AEW title picture? And the response that I received from alleged fans mostly negative you know a lot of a lot of these folks they are offended by the fact that someone would even ask why isn't a person of color being presented as someone who's competing for the championship and and you know sunny kiss is just one example i mean this scorpio sky uh I don't know about this Michael Nakazawa, but you can mention him too. It's just... You have so many people at the top of AEW. People like Chris Jericho and Adam Page. We know that one of those two people is going to be the first AEW champion. We know that Kenny Omega was in the semifinals, so automatically he should be in discussion, right? No, John Moxley attacked them both. We know MJF has a problem with Adam Page. And we know that Cody Rhodes is out there. So, it's a bunch of white guys in a promotion that claims they're going to be diverse. And through three pay-per-views, we haven't seen that diversity. And I asked the question, and people act as if me asking that question is a bigger problem than AEW not delivering on what they claimed, what they were going to market to us. No, it's not enough that Sonny Kiss is in the promotion. What does that even mean? Sonny Kiss is a solid wrestler. Sonny Kiss is is somebody who turns heads. He, 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 he command your attention when he's on the screen Sonny Kiss is a star you couldn't find room to tell Sonny Kiss a story and put him in a position where Sonny Kiss is considered a contender for the championship then you got Nyla Rose on the other side where you you don't know what to do with Nyla Rose in the women's division Nyla Rose is just losing all over the place or not even on the card at all women can't even get in one of the last three spots on any of your events so far? How does that work? 
asking promotions to actually deliver on what they claim they're about. I don't think that's something that is hard to understand. I don't think that's that's a, a concept that should be looked upon as a negative. Just give me what you say you're going to give me. What's so hard about that? I don't know. It's interesting. And so many of you say, well, hey, you just wait. You know, it takes time. I don't know how much time you need. You had three events so far. How much more time do you need to promote what you claimed you are all about? I got to give you more time to do that? Why? Can't walk in the door doing that? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> it just it doesn't make sense, but okay. Well, I'm sure more of you'd be upset. You know, it's funny, one of the, one of the people that sent me messages was telling me you gotta give us time. You gotta wait for what we're doing. And I looked at that person's Twitter profile and noticed that they didn't have many tweets or many followers. They weren't following many people. Something like 50, they were following like 50 people and, and maybe one or two people were following them. It's really strange. It, it made me wonder if it was like a dummy account or, you know, maybe somebody from AEW messed up. <laughs> they went under some fake account and they started talking that we stuff by accident because, you know, it was just a normal thing for them. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I just know one thing. I have spent far too much time giving a damn about pro wrestling, making it part of my life, my entire life, enjoying it. I want to see it continue to improve. That's why I called out WWE about their lack of black world heavyweight champions. And that's changed since we're beating that drum hard. Imagine that. Call out WWE because women were not being featured. That's changed. They're in the main event now. Still calling them out about the union busting and some of these other issues. Women not getting paid as much and we'll get there. I know we're going to get there because the, the, the heat is on. Huh. You know that song? So there's no, you know, favoritism here. Everybody can get it. Everybody's going to get it. AEW, it's your turn too. You can't even provide proper accessibility seating for people in wheelchairs. And you have the audacity. You have the audacity to not feature women in prominent roles. And don't give me this Brandy Rose stuff. I'm talking about, you said you were serious about women's wrestling. And yet, the last three matches on the card, out of three straight cards, women aren't in any of those matches. And don't even get me started on the lack of diversity. We, I think we've, we've covered that a lot this, this episode. What are you doing? And people listening, what are you doing? 
Are you are you asking these questions too? Why not? <laughs> Strange. But you'll call out the president though, I hope. Alleged president. I don't know. Join us next week, folks. I gotta get out of here. This is this is a, a really serious episode here. We got into some really deep stuff. That's what it's all about. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 